Say that again. Going shirts off this episode. More bears. I think I can make that happen. Bear! 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 You're breaking it! Go back to bears! Just trying to bow up my breasts? One and zero, we did it. Baylor Bears, we won a game. We did, won a game. Do you know we are on the second longest winning streak in all of college football right now at six games? It's hey. That's oh, I thought do. you were bullshitting. No, I thought I, that you were going to make a one and zero joke. Nope, I took my shirt off. You did take your shirt <laughs> off. Um, I am, I'm feeling good for for a Wednesday that feels like a Thursday, even though it's a four day work week. I'm feeling pretty good. I've I just pounded. Uh, approximately 16 ounces of expired iced coffee. Mm. Now, it was in a sealed bottle, oh. and it was just the iced coffee. There was no milk product in it, so I think it's okay. Yeah. But I'm definitely overanalyzing how it tasted, mm. and since it's just kind of like crappy Dunkin' Donuts from the grocery store in the sealed bottle, like, I don't know, it just tastes a little funny. So who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. We'll have to see. Evan, we actually did record last week. <laughs> we recorded for like um, an hour too. <laughs> it was a great one. It was but we officially have our first lost episode. Mm. And uh the, no fault to go to anybody. It's just it happens to literally every uh pairing of white guys who does a podcast. <laughs> you lose an episode every once in a while. And And you said a lot of slurs too, so maybe it's for the best. Well, I don't think they were slurs so much. No, well, they weren't really slurs. You were you actually said, "Yeah, way to go when I said those <laughs> things." Uh, but Baylor uh played a very um they were I wouldn't spunky. say illuminating. I wouldn't say illuminating game, but a um I wouldn't even say confidence-inspiring day. Confidence reaffirming, a reaffirming mm-hmm. game. Yep. On Saturday. And we'll get into that here a little bit. But I think first, I personally wanted to talk about what we did on Sunday. We hung out. Because that was a lot of fun. Yep. Evan, I got my first tattoo on Sunday. Gang, Matt got his first tattoo, and he was a champ. He did so good. He didn't cry much at all. I was a big boy. I didn't even get a lollipop like you and Madison did. (laughs) Sure did. You and Madison were going to town on those lollipops. Mm, They had the cotton candy dum-dums. Dum-dums are great. It did not hurt. Like, it was... um, it felt like scratching your skin is what it felt like with a sharp mm-hmm. fingernail. Yep. That's what it felt like. You it know, was not a big deal. It, like, you know when someone, usually um, a spouse, will be like maybe like rubbing your shoulder or rubbing your arm or something, and it doesn't no. hurt, but once they do it for long enough, it's like, okay, I want you to stop doing that. It doesn't feel good anymore. Yeah, uh, kind of like that. That's kind of yeah. how it is. Uh, it was good. Yeah. We got these really cool tattoos, some sailor bears on our legs. We got, yeah, man. I got mine on my right, and you got yours on your left, so they can talk I to did. each other. They can kiss. Yeah, they can give each other a little smooch mm-hmm. if we get close enough. I, uh, I, I can tell, like, so, like, right on top of the quad did not hurt. Mm-hmm. I, I could, I could very well understand that if you get any kind of tattoo on, like, the inner thigh mm-hmm. or, like, your ribs, or a lot of people have mentioned... Like your elbow pit, mm-hmm. like your armpit on your elbow, mm-hmm. uh, that that I could understand that hurting, or your actual armpit, yeah, the, I could understand that hurting quite a bit. This one in my arm, this Inside whole your second bicep, half, yeah. this whole second half had me in hell. Yeah, I could understand how that would be um, upsetting. I I don't know that I'd get a tattoo there anyway. That was the gateway tattoo, though. Mm-hmm. Like that was the one that's going to get me over the hump of 
committing to a larger piece that I'm probably planning for my left shoulder. But Evan, thank you for not pushing the agenda because I asked you to, but like making the plans. I, I asked I, you to make a plan for I that. I kept it on your radar. You knocked it out of the park. You knocked um, it out of the park. You actually scheduled it and got it all done. So thank you for that. For anyone listening, um, if you lived in Waco between 2005 and 2015, um, we got our tattoos done by a man named Keegan. He used to be the head tattoo artist at a place called Art Ambush. Uh, if you ever saw any bands like Never Shout Never or perhaps Flyleaf in Waco in your day, um, same shop. He also is um, Brittany Griner's tattoo person. So for the last decade, she has flown him around the country, and he has flown to her and done her tattoos. Is Flyleaf just like um, they're slightly like slightly more depressed Evanescence? So you're close. They are like evangelical paramour. Evangelical paramour. Yeah, uh, they have a song that was pretty big in '07. It was called "Fully Alive." Um, I think they're out of like Temple. Maybe I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like there were bands growing up that I was young and dumb so when i knew them and i thought i liked them a lot i thought everyone everywhere knew them there was also this other band based out of waco called the tasty dactyls that i loved and i thought that they were like a globally known band but they were literally just like a hometown <laughs> hometown you voice. have more it can conti- you continue to surprise me with how much like hyper local waco knowledge that you have you were really out there i was i was a big waco like, boy i don't even know that much about the towns that i grew up in <laughs> is what i'm trying to say it, it's just it's yeah, continuously. That was my whole right. shit for like six years. Anyone who knew me during college and a little after, that was like I wasn't a good hang because that was all I like to talk about was Waco and how cool it was. Um, so I got a lot of I got a lot of stuff in my Waco bag. And so you parlayed it into talking about Waco every week. Essentially. Yep. Essentially. Fair enough. For Fair free. Enough. Baylor played Albany, mm-hmm. uh, the Great Danes on Saturday. Look, Albany. Uh, Scrappy. Not great. Not great. I, I do think they played hard. They had a couple of knuckleheads on their team. And you know mm-hmm. my theory. Every team needs a couple knuckleheads uh-huh. slash assholes. You, you got to have them. They, they played hard. They took um, some late hits on the quarterback. Some really late hits. A little hits. nasty. They had, they had a little bit of a nasty streak to them. Um, I, don't think that, I don't think that that's going to be the worst quarterback we played this year. He was good at no, He I was agree. good at playing quarterback. He had a couple of dimes. Um, really impressive throws. I'm not trying to like gas up Albany like I'm truly not but I I think there are worse opponents out there Mm -hmm. did you what's your one takeaway big picture small picture what's your big takeaway Um, single takeaway from the game I'm glad you asked about this and I don't think the take is fully baked in my head yet so maybe you can help me get it across the finish line I think it is cool that Monterey Baldwin has gotten involved he's gotten some touchdowns and he had he's played well I don't know how I feel about him being our main playmaker on that offense. I, I feel don't think like he is. I feel like oh, I hope, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is like he the, the good things he has done have been kind of like a surprise, you know? Like that touchdown against Ole Miss a, by definition a surprise. I don't know like let me hone this in for you. Okay, help me craft this. You are this. essentially um calling Monterey Baldwin a a gadget player. Sure. I think I understand why you're saying that. I don't totally agree because we haven't seen him put in the oper- in the in the situations where he needs to be more than that. I, he, I mean, you look at the box score. 
<clears throat> from that game, and um, you you take a little bit of he. I mean he he rushed he ran the ball twice and he caught four passes for eighty four yards. I, I mean, he, he caught a touchdown. He he was involved. He he got six touches. Mm-hmm. I, that, so that's you... more than a gadget player to me. I understand why you think that because the end around you know, Cordell Patterson type receiver Mm -hmm. gets that label sometimes. Mm -hmm. I I implore you to expand your vision of what Monterey Baldwin can be. Okay. Okay. Well then help me help me understand better. So when teams are game planning for Baylor's offense and they start to think about our wide receivers, who do you think they're gonna be thinking and talking about? I mean Hal Presley had a wonderful release off uh the line and and finished that touchdown catch I mean, he had he had a thirty-eight yard touchdown catch. I, I I think you don't know who to plan for. Ben mm-hmm. Sims might actually be. Well, first off, the other teams are going to have to plan for the running game first. Yeah, they just aren't. which was good, which was which was very good. It it truly truly was. It was I, yep six point three uh, yards per rush, which checked the box of what I wanted. I think mm-hmm. I didn't really have a number in mind, but anything over five, I think, especially mm-hmm. with how much the second team got run anything over five yards of carry against this competition i would have been happy with 6.3 is actually so we'll get into byu later i watched all of last year's game but in the second half of of last year's game baylor ran for 6.9 yards per carry that's nasty (laughs) and yeah it is so i'm i'm perfectly happy with 6.3 so yeah the other team's gonna have to focus on the rush game first after that i think it's I think it's, yeah, probably Monterey Baldwin. I mean, he's shown the most. After that, you look at Ben Sims and then probably Hal Presley just because of the the plays that he made this past week. Maybe I need to change my thinking about Monterey Baldwin because I feel like when he first got here, he was a, I don't know, I want to be respectful of him because he's been very good and very good at what he does. But it was a, he was framed as almost like a feel-good story a few years ago. I remember reading about him. It was like, kind of like a local guy, a walk-on, didn't have a lot of offers, earned a scholarship. I think they talked to You're like, pigeonholing him. I might be. Well, and it's like, it's not totally my fault because one of the main stories on him, which is impressive, but it was that he was like the engineering student of the year, which again is cool. Big I don't nerd. I don't know if my wide receiver... I, it scares me if that's my wide receiver one. And maybe this is a me problem. <laughs> Maybe this is a me problem. Evan is Evan is scared of a smart, successful black man playing receiver, and you heard it here first. He's a Hispanic man, isn't he? I think he is. He's, he's a dog, is what he he's is. He's a dog. He's a dog. Albany, um, <laughs> Kyron Drones looked good. Richard Reese looked really good. Really we have good. Five running backs that I think could legitimately make a difference in any game on the schedule. He has a South any Dallas fade. He's a Hispanic man. That's fine. Okay, I'm not going to talk about, about his that. race anymore. We, I've, I've landed where I want to land there. Um, Blake Shapin looked outstanding. I can't. Yes, I, I watched did. the game again. I didn't see anything he did where I was like, "Huh, eh, wish he did that differently." He checked all my boxes. Did everything. Yep. I wish he'd it, slide. Yeah. Uh, our daily podcast talked about that, and I, you know, I'm more of a hey. If you're if you're going to have that mindset, I'd rather you have that mindset than need to amp it up a bit like mm-hmm. but if you're if you're going full you know full force against albany i, I know you're going to bring it against the other teams mm-hmm. and so it doesn't concern me as much i also trust with my whole being our backup quarterback to to step in and do the things that a quarterback needs to do Pearland's own shadow creek 
Mm. Talk to him. Kyron Drones. Dropping bombs. If you're south of the Beltway in Houston, you're just built different. I tweeted that out and <laughs> retweeted it, and it was pretty cool. Um, I don't have anything else to say about Albany. I'm not about to go into it as deep as our daily podcast did or as the Bear Den probably will. I, I'm just not doing it. Um, we have some linebackers whose names I don't know that are very good, and I'm very excited for the movie on our team. Um, there was a transfer, I believe, from LSU. I don't know his name. Josh White. Okay, Josh White has a tackle. He's very good. Um, I'm very excited to see us play a good team. We, we have that coming up. First, I want to take a, a quick retrospective, kind of redo the segment we did on the last episode. Um, we have to talk about West Virginia. They stink. I think they might stink because I also think Pitt kind of stinks. Yeah, that game was ugly. With offense at all. If that game wasn't on opening night of college football season, no chance I watch. If that's a week three game, not watching. No chance. I don't know. It was the backyard brawl. If it, was, if it wasn't competing with Baylor, I would have watched it. I don't know, man. They both stunk. No one wanted to win that game. That's very true. Uh, West Virginia, JT Daniels is good. Yeah, he's good. He doesn't have a lot around him, but yeah. Better than I thought he was going to be. I think West Virginia is going to be another one-dimensional team, Mm -hmm. except instead of the running game last year, it's it's the one connection to um, Bryce Dallas Foster, whatever Mm -hmm. the guy's name is. Bryce Dallas Foster is the lady that was in uh, Jurassic Park. Was isn't that right? Ah, who cares? I'm looking. We, it we're up. not here to get things right on Between Two Bears. Oklahoma State. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, um, that's what I said. I thought you said Foster. Anyway, Oklahoma State. They gave up 44 points to Central Michigan, and sure, some of it was in garbage time, but 44 is still 44. Derek Mason Teach said this on Slander University last night. He is early front runner for worst hire of the offseason. Hi, we got to give him some more time on that. I'm not saying it's it looked good last weekend. In fact, I, I started this with the idea of, of slandering them, just you know, as you guys well, probably I'm, did. Well, I'm gonna. But we we had to give it more than one game. Those inside linebackers might stink. For they might state. stink. The, we, we might be back to old-fashioned Oklahoma State where mm-hmm. they have to score 50 in order to beat any good team. And spoiler alert, they can't score 50. I know, I know I've made it a recurring theme to talk about how bad Spencer Sanders is, and I really try not to, but I think he playing with that outstanding defense last year was a match made in heaven because they were only giving up 14 points a game, and he can only score about 16 points a game. If he's got to go out and get 30, they might be cooked. They might be cooked. Something to keep an eye on. Uh, Texas did just enough to get their fan base all in a tizzy. Mm-hmm. I was there. I was there in person. I wore my Texas's back shirt. You did your barstool shirt. It, I, I literally. Like, it was hot, and I. Know. I wore a jacket the whole game so that people couldn't see the barstool logo. And Madison, when I was sitting down, she pulled it down and showed the people behind me, and she thought it was funny. <laughs> and I knew the people behind me; they were my friends. <laughs> That's why she's cooler than you. <laughs> um. Uh, Quinn Ewers, TBD. I didn't learn anything. I didn't he, learn anything. He left about 180 yards on the board for Xavier Worthy in the first half. There were three yeah. three times he was behind the defense, and the ball was too little, little too far, a little too underthrown. He threw a very that feels familiar to me. A very ugly pick on their first drive, and I I was sitting in seats that were gifted to me by a Texas fan. Thanks, Chandler. So I was being a good guest, but. I 
was elated after that first. You were wanting to hoot. I was. And you were wanting to holler. Yes, and I couldn't do either. You see you my predicament. Yeah. Uh, Bijan, unfortunately, remains. Dude is awesome. Top he three so running back in the fun. country. They have a left tackle who I wasn't buying the hype on. Unfortunately, he is also very good. So we'll we got see. that. It was ULM. ULM has a bunch of youngsters on the defensive line too. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not talking about that game anymore. Oklahoma. I didn't learn anything. Um. Yeah. They're gonna be. They're gonna be a Jeff Levy offense. They're gonna beat yep. the hell out of teams that can't keep up with their speed, and they're gonna be soft, soft in the middle, just like you and I. That, so, well, I don't know. Okay, I guess so. Kansas, I was impressed. The, yeah, not impressed. Um, Kansas checked a box that I needed to see checked uh, in order to uh, be considered as much of an improved team as I think they will be. Mm-hmm. You, you're supposed to go out and you're supposed to go beat the pants off of the bad opponents. Yep, and they did. Their quarterback might be good. He might be good. I told you this. I I told you. You were you were on early. Um, I'm on now though. I think he's good. Okay. Kansas State. It's time to talk. Didn't watch a play. I didn't either. But there's something (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you a pretty pretty easy story here, Um, and I, I probably will have to not just vamp on this. Who do they play? They played South Dakota State University of Technical Institutes and whatnot. <laughs> they played South Dakota. So, I think... Okay. Um, I got it now. It's up now for me, A- too. Adrian Martinez threw the ball 15 times. Okay, cool. Oh. Completed oh, 11 yuck. of them. Completed 11 passes out of 15. That's great. That's awesome. But what else? 53 yards total. That's nasty. Zero touchdowns. Zero interceptions. Ah, did they? On. Did did you do any research on this game after the fact? What's the deal? Was it on purpose? Was it? Did he just get out of the game early? I'm I'm not watching. I, I don't know that they scored on a, on a running play right off the. It just running play punt return of a block punt. A very Kansas State game. Extremely, extremely. Um, I just. And maybe yeah, maybe this nasty. offense will be good, right? Maybe this offense will be good, but they you you score twenty in the first quarter, okay, but you only score seven and seven in the second and thirds, and none in the fourth. Their leading I receiver. Re- I want. Let me be clear. I, I want <laughs> this Kansas clear. State team to be good. Let me I be don't. Clear. I want this Kansas State team. I think it's fun to have a one of the Kansas schools be interesting. Okay, I'm with I, you on that. I don't see it yet. Just. And they just lost their right guard to a season-ending knee injury. It, I don't expect this running game to be quite as dynamic. We'll we'll have to say. Past that, don't know anything else about them. Well, until we, until further notice, teams only have to stop the run. Only yep, until further notice. Their exactly leading right. receiver had two catches for twenty-three yards. Texas Tech. What's going on? Why are we intentionally injuring quarterbacks in Lubbock? What, yeah. what's, what's happening there? Texas that, Tech has a history of that. They do. They to do. us specifically. And I think it's time somebody looks into it, honestly. They did it to us yeah. like four years in a row. They are going to throw the ball a ton. They will score points on bad teams. TBD on if that works against good mm-hmm. teams. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I know you're lying about them injuring quarterbacks as a throwaway line, but can I go down a rabbit hole with you really quick? If they don't injure Robert Griffin in 2011 – we get two years of Nick Florence. 
Because of them, we only got one year in Nick Florence. Yeah. He burned a red shirt to play half a game. Yep. We could have seen conference champion Nick Florence. We could have seen Heisman contender Nick Florence. Let's. The I'm only reason the only the only reason he wasn't up there is because our defense was some huff. Imagine 2013 with him instead of Bryce Petty. We're cooking. Good point. Good We're point. cooking. Good point. Good. So there's an alternate universe where we we send Nick Florence to to New York if if Texas Tech aren't some dirty players. That, that's that, all I got. Yeah, I. I it it hurts too much to think about thirteen through fifteen. I don't I don't like doing it too much. That's fair. Uh, didn't learn anything about Texas Tech other than the offense has been installed, right? Installation I don't know complete. anything about that game. Whatever you're about to say is going to be new to me. Donovan Jones looked pretty good. Okay. Um, and uh, Murray State is pretty bad, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Do you think? I'm interested to see what. Um, Joey looks like having to coach a real game because I don't I don't want to I don't want to predict that he's gonna be bad at being a head coach I, I want to give him a fair shake yeah. um it is a curiosity and he's, and he's gonna get a fair shake this weekend against Houston yes we'll get into that here in just a bit I agree that that will be a curiosity of mine as well Iowa State um I guess they did what they were supposed to do but it was not in an impressive fashion they stink to me it was not impressive uh don't really have anything else on that TCU. Okay, here we go. Talk We're about finishing it. up with TCU. Did you stay up and watch this game? I think it was Friday night. Um, I think so. I think if you talk about it a little more, I'll be sure if I did or not. Chandler Morris and the TCU offense looked uh, like they were straining hard. They were really, whew, they had to work hard for everything they got, which was <laughs> not much in that first half. Unfortunately, Chandler Morris did get injured. Um, I think he's weak. He's going to miss at least three weeks. But Max Duggan, who's probably the better quarterback out of the two anyway. In yeah. How did he? How did he lose? He that? looked pretty good. How did he dude's lose got, that quarterback dude's got battle? Wheels. He's got wheels, but it looked really difficult against a bad Colorado team. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, they got the win, but just just put a uh, put an asterisk by that one. We're we're um, keeping an eye on that. I hope you're not looking at the box score, and if you are, close your eyes. Let me tell you I'm the not. passing, rushing, and receiving leaders for TCU. Passing leader. Uh, passing is um, Duggan? It's Chandler Morse with 111 yards. He went 13 for 20, no touchdowns. Rushing okay. leader, someone named Kay Miller. Eight runs, 52 yards, one touchdown. Their receiving leader, three receptions for 31 yards. How did the 38 points, how did they get that? Let's look. They got a punt return. They got a run, which I feel like should probably be noted. Um, a 43-yard run by DeMarcado. He's been there for oh, a while. Wow. Duggan only threw the ball three times. Yeah. They might stink, Matt. They had four p- different players get rushing touchdowns. That's not uh, Good teams don't do that to me. One of, the, one of their touchdowns, yeah, came, came on, a, uh, on a punt return. Mm-hmm. Um, they, have, they have some athletes on that team for sure. Quentin sure. Johnson, Darius Davis, like... They they can do stuff. But I just think if you we'll got see how it comes together. you got four hundred and thirteen yards of total offense, only one person rushed above fifty yards, and no one received over thirty yards. That tells me that you don't really know what you're doing yet. You're just you're hoping that the athleticism of your roster can get you across the finish line, and and maybe it can against Colorado. It can't against serious teams. I regret to report. True, um, Sonny Dykes I, I, has not proven it yet. Nope. They got Tarleton this Evan. week. I got a I got a degree from there, so they're playing against my alma mater. Make-
make money, money, make hey, money, money, money. money. Hey. Prize picks. It's Let's that talk about time. It. Let's talk about it. Your favorite spot for daily fantasy sports. Matt, what Fast you got? Patrols. What you got bets on this week? I have to do the bit first. Oh yeah, Evan. they gave us a script. Not me. They don't trust me. I'm going off script. I was just going right. to do it by memory because that's how passionate right. I am on. about prize picks. You're see, you messed me all. I had the cadence down. <laughs> I'm I was sorry. Good to go. You fucked me up. <laughs> You're not wearing a shirt. It messed me up real bad. No shirts. Daily fantasy quick withdrawals. Man, I just I lead with that every time. If mm-hmm. you actually win some of your props, right? You get to withdraw that money. It's real. It's and not get like it. off you get in the ether as Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take eight weeks and a sketchy check from Barbados. Uh, you, it's it's just your money. Uh, Matt, can you tell me about the first time you ever withdrew money from a betting app? And was it easy for you or was it hard for you? It was remarkably difficult. Yep. I won't get into it because it's a long story. It was remarkably difficult. Yep. To, and then it cost money mm-hmm. to, to get my own money. Mm-hmm. And that pissed me off. Yep. You go in. You use code BEARS12. You get a deposit match up to $100. It's extremely easy to pick your different props, right? You pick multiple teams or players. You do mm-hmm. the over-unders. You combine them together to get great odds on those props. And then you win. It's very, very simple. Use code BEARS12, price picks, on the Play Store, your Google Play Store. I think that's what they call it. Mm-hmm. Or the Apple Store. Just do it. Use code BEARS12 and start winning money. Like, I legitimately... It is much easier to win money there than some of your other, let's call them sports financial investment opportunities. Yep. Yep. I can, uh, Matt, you got any bets out there this week? I I don't yet. I, I was hoping you did. I, I've been looking at them. Mm-hmm. I, I saw one for uh, the Louisiana, or I'm sorry, the Louisville um, UCF game. John Reese Plumley, two touchdowns. I like the over there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with Malik Cunningham. Really disappointed with his situation, uh, or at least his performance against Syracuse. Man, they got thumped by Syracuse. That was yeah. very weird. Syracuse looked really good. I think Louisville might stink. Jameer Gibbs, the transfer from Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Dynamic running back. Transferred to yep. Alabama. He's yep. playing some team called TEX this weekend. Mm-hmm. His over-under uh, little is... to get ready for the season. Exactly. 97.5 rushing yards. I like that. I like the over there. I, I love the over there. Um, I have a bet out. Do you want to hear it? So Yes, and then I have the funniest one I think I've ever seen. Okay, perfect. So I have a bet. It's three quarterbacks, all of them to go under their projected yards. First one, Quinn Ewers, 231.5. Bama's not given up 232 yards of passing. There's just no way. I doubt that. They're yeah, not going to do I it. Agree. I have Spencer Rattler under 242.5. You think that's a bad bet, but I watched a little bit of that game last week. There's no one blocking for him. I don't. I don't think he's going to have total yards over that. Which means they're going to be down. Which means he's going to have to throw. And there's going to be a lot of underneath stuff. I think it's garbage time. I think that's what. I think that's what busts you here. Yeah, we'll see. And then I have Dylan Gabriel under two seventy and a half, only because I don't think he's going to be in the game long enough to get that many yards on Kent play? State. They play Kent, Kent State. State. Yeah, Kent State is awful. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think Spencer Rattler is your only risk there. I really do. I bet $10, and folks, they give you. we haven't even talked about this, Matt. When you bet on more than two people, they give you some options. They give you the flex play, which means you don't need all three to hit. You just need which two. I'm, I'm, as a risk-averse person, that's the one I usually choose. It's great. If you get two to hit, you get your money back and a little bit. If you get mm-hmm. three to hit, you get almost 
almost double your money, if not three times sometimes. They mm-hmm. also give you the option for a straight up what they call a power play. It's just all three. You got to get all three. Yep. So I did a power play on that one. I paid $10 for the bet. And if I win, I get my money back. For the prop. And, yeah. And then they gave me $50 if I win. So uh, we're liking that. I, I've also got a Mets bet out, but we'll save that for later. Maybe my favorite prop on the whole app, Quinn Ewers rushing yards versus Alabama. What do you think the over-under is for rushing yards for Quinn Ewers? I haven't looked. I think it is 17 and a half. Evan, it is negative nine and a half. Oh, no way. <laughs> and it's going to be fewer. They count sack yards. It's going to be fewer. Quinn Fewers. <laughs> That's what we're going to call him. <laughs> Damn, there we go. Folks, Damn. We are so good. We're on it. <laughs> Those are your I've, prize picks for the week. Can we dwell on that for a second? He is projected with money on the line to get negative yards rushing. To be sacked at least once dramatically. <laughs> he might have negative nine on the first drive. Yeah, very possible. Very possible. Oh, I, I'm oh. so happy that you told me that. What a day it's, this is. So good. So um, good. Wow. Look at that. Evan, big game for Baylor coming up. What I say thinking? big game. Everybody is calling it a big game, and I agree. It is an important proving ground for Baylor. Traveling to Provo, Utah, it is not easy in terms of environment. Baylor takes on BYU, quality team Mm -hmm. with a quality first showing against USF. It'll be a good game. I'm going to let you give me your general vibe of this game first. Okay, I will. Matt, what's the opposite of like a rivalry? Um, an opposite of a rivalry. That would be just Buds. completely, just complete apathy. Like okay, well, yeah. I guess what I'm no saying familiarity. is two teams, both good, both excited to play each other, but they're kind of friends. They kind of like each other because I feel like that's what we got between us and BYU. Um, I feel like we're buds, like a like a sibling rivalry. Almost. Yeah, it's like, like a sibling rivalry. I think we have a sibling rivalry budding with them. I'm not sold that they're like good with a trademark symbol next to it. Um, I think that they're I fine. Th- I think they're powerful. I think they are a group of five good. I think they're a group of five good. That's a great way to put it. I'm not particularly scared of them. I'm scared to be playing a night game on the road. Yes. I'm scared of that uh, early in the year. Um, I don't think, unless this game gets out of hand one way or the other, I, I don't think my feelings about this season are going to change. If we win by 10 or if we lose by 10, anything within that range, I think I'm going to probably feel the exact same on Sunday as I do Saturday evening. I was feeling some anxiety yesterday, Evan. Mm-hmm. I was feeling some anxiety about this game. I didn't know how to feel about it, how confident or not confident I should be. And so I went and did some watching of the 2021 contest. And I, my takeaway from that game was so much different than I expected it to be. First off, you look at the final score from last year, 38 to 24, right? Oh, that's a that's a healthy win, right? Mm-hmm. I did not realize how big of a gulf there was between that 38 and between that particular 24. Mm-hmm. Basically, 21 of the BYU points came off of three plays. Mm-hmm. Truly. It was a... <laughs> that's it was how a, touchdowns work, yeah? It was a blown... Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. It was basically a blown coverage on a Jaron Hall uh, keeper off the zone mm-hmm. read. Mm-hmm. 
he can scoot long a run bit. right that was a long run if i remember yeah, he can scoot it, it, was, it was like a fourth, fourth down right one. yeah it was a fourth down everybody everybody kind of keyed in on the handoff mm-hmm. i don't i don't think that is given up as easily this this season mm-hmm. and then there were there was a, a long completion to nakua that set mm-hmm. up a touchdown, and then there was a, a, a medium completion to Gunnar Romney, and then a, a, a touchdown pass to, to Nakua as well. Mm-hmm. That was and it. And they're both back. They're both here again, Gunnar and They are, but Nakua. the person that was covering both of those receivers, Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney, Z- Raleigh Tejada, is no longer mm-hmm. here. Okay. Uh, he got absolutely torched. BYU found him immediately on the field and went to whoever he was yeah. covering. Immediately, I, I want to give Raleigh Tejada a few flowers, if you don't mind. Sure, I, I'm not saying he's a bad player. No, no, I'm no, just no, saying no. That particular matchup, he had what I would consider a good career here at Baylor, but he had yeah. two games, unfortunately, that are burned in my mind. Where he got, unfortunately, he got his ass whooped. It was it was Oklahoma State during the COVID year, mm-hmm. uh, Dave Aranda's first year. I think they got like 200 yards on him in the first half, and then. Puka Nakua went crazy on him last year. And I feel like if not for those, I think he was a flawed defender, but if not for those, I think he would be uh, more well thought of than he is currently. Not that he's poorly thought of, but I think the word liability comes up with him a few times. And I don't know if it was fully earned. I don't even think it was a skill thing so much Mm -hmm. as it was just a bad matchup. Nakua is a a tall receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, how tall? Let's find out. He is. I'm gonna six guess two. six foot. Oh, okay, I thought he was much he's, larger. He's than six that. two. Yeah, I mean, he's as tall and as me. You know, you can't just guard both, people like that. You can't. Not at five ten. Like no way. So, both of the long completions to Nakua that were not touchdowns, but the the long completions to the middle ish of the field were these super high arcing loopy throws from Jaron Hall, probably on purpose, mm-hmm. that Nakua could just box out Tejada and, and reel it in. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how repeatable that is because once Al Walcott came in the game in the third quarter, Nakua was shut down completely. Mm-hmm. So on the defensive side of the ball, I'm feeling decent. Additionally, Nakua might be out this week. Romney will probably play, but I'm not sure he's going to be 100%. Is he going to down some people? What? Is he related, is he related to, Mitt? to Mitt? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All, yes. All, Mitt's that, Mormon, yes. and he's from Utah. All yeah, right. Yeah. Gunner. There's multiple. Yeah. Yes. All right. And so uh, with Nakua potentially out, or at least hobbled somewhat, I just don't see where that passing game comes from, mm-hmm. right? They have a couple large tight ends that are probably 28 to 35 years old. Like, they'll <laughs> they'll make some plays, but all underneath. So, so I feel... Maybe not reassured. Maybe reassured is not the right word here, but I feel okay with how the defense is going to perform, especially mm-hmm. with the pass rush, because the pass rush really turned it on in the second half of 2021 and disrupted a ton. Yep. Um, they also had an NFL running back who got nothing against us, and they got nothing. worse at running, and we got better at stopping the run. So that's something to think about. It, Tyler very, very Algiers, true. I believe that yeah. is his name. Legitimately a very good running back. Might start for the Falcons this year. Like, mm-hmm. very, very good running back. Um, offensively, I was blown away. I did not remember the game going like this. But if you go back and watch, even the failed run plays with one or two exceptions, the, the run plays where the BYU defense is able to diagnose it early and collapse early, they still went for three yards. Mm-hmm. The offensive line was destroying BYU's mm-hmm. defensive line. 
And to their credit, it looks like, you know, some of them beefed up. They're a year older, right? But not a ton. There's still a bunch of sub 300 pound defensive yeah. linemen on BYU. I, I do not, maybe we don't rush for 6.9 yards of carry against Maybe BYU. we do, though. But maybe we do. Mm-hmm. But some, I tweeted out a couple screenshots. Some of the lanes that Abram Smith had to run through were at least four yards wide. Mm-hmm. It was wild. Yeah. I think our running backs are talented enough to take advantage of that as well. Okay. Yep. Um, I just, I don't see this game being as stress worthy as I thought it was before rewatching last year's game. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything you said. Something I would add is that I think this is going to be the first game of Blake Shapin's career where he is, you know, he started two games last year. He had the Kansas State game, and I think, or maybe this is his fourth game. He had Kansas State, and he had Texas Tech, where didn't really know what he was all about, really just needed him to do what Gary did and not much worse. Yeah. We had the Big 12 Championship Don't game. Don't lose the game for us. Yeah, we had a Big 12 Championship game where he played outstanding, but all we needed him to do was not fuck up real bad. So that's yes. been his that's been his experience so far. We haven't got to see him like truly cook. I I think I think they want him to run more and he wants to run more than he has. Hopefully he'll slide a little more. But um I think this is going to be the first game where we're going to find out if he can like truly carve up a, a not bad defense. Right. Cuz we didn't I need agree. him to carve up Oklahoma State. We just needed him to not give him the ball. Uh um, I mean, my takeaway is that last year if Baylor had decided to just run the triple easily could we would have won, won the same amount of games yeah, yeah. uh well against byu we would have won the game maybe oh, not yeah. by maybe we might not have scored 38 but we would have won the game sure very curious to see how successful that run game is and i'm mm-hmm. extremely confident uh that well, let's get a prediction out of you what do you think i imagine it looks somewhat similar score wise maybe it looks different in the way we yeah. get there but like a 21 24 score for for byu because I think they will get a couple. They'll manufacture 21 points. I believe that. I do not see why Baylor couldn't go out and score 35, though. I think Baylor may have the best punt returner in the Big 12 for the second year in a row. I think Gavin Holmes is is going to fuck some people up. He has been waiting. He was on the know, team Malik, for the 1-11 in year. Good, but, well, and TCU's whatever. punt returner is really good, too. Well, what I'm saying is he is a grown-ass man. It's his sixth year. He was yeah. on the team that went 1-11. I was watching... Yeah. The, the first injury he had was against Texas Tech, and I was watching it on a bus in New York City. And that was a lifetime ago for me. And he's yep. still back there. I think Gavin Holmes I, – I think – he didn't catch any passes last week, did he? Maybe Stop purposefully. Stop asking specific <laughs> I'm testing you. questions about stats because then I have it's to a quiz. go like, – No, I don't think he caught any passes. I think he is going to be the guy that is going to come up the, the biggest and the most often this year. Um, very high on him. I think he is going to do a few things this week that is going to make or break the game. You heard it here first, folks. Gavin Holmes, MVP. Love it. By the way, something I did not mention from the Albany game. Nine different players carried the ball. Nine different players caught a pass. That's awesome. Love to hear that. Spreading, spreading the wealth. Spreading the wealth. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm confident about BYU. Um, and uh, it should be a fun weekend. You were you were going to go. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Um, earlier this week, I found out that it was possible to go. I had the requisite Marriott and Southwest points to get me to Provo. 
So I booked it and I was like talking to people on the internet and I was like, it's like needing two different currencies in Madden ultimate team. Exactly. To do something. I had the training points. I had the coins. I was able, (laughs) I was able to come out. So I got there, you know, and I was talking to people. There were so many nice people from BYU. They're like, bro, come on, come to the tailgate. They were so nice to me. A lot of Baylor fans going, not a lot of Baylor fans that I know personally, but a lot of like friends of friends who are very kind and were like, here's where we're going to be. Twitter mutuals. Yeah. Twitter mutuals. Um, but then last night, I'm not even joking. Last night, I sat down with some this food that in my house we call dumb bitch juice that I make every week. I sat down. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Time out. I what sat down. This? I sat down with a plate of dumb bitch juice, and uh, I was watching. My oh, it's it's literally it's just it's it's pasta roasted garlic like off like it's it's just like chicken pasta. It's very straightforward. We just call it. <laughs> We just call it dumb bitch juice. So I was eating some dumb bitch juice and uh, my girlfriend and I are going through like the Marvel movies in order. So we were watching Iron Man 1 and I sat down and I like, I, we, I bought a recliner a few weeks ago. I'm, I'm, it's on loan. Um, but I got in it and I leaned back and I plugged my phone into the charger on it. And I was like, man, all I want to do is this for 30 hours this weekend. And my girlfriend's going to a bachelorette party this weekend. So I was like, yeah, man. You know what, man? I, I want to be on this couch more than I want to travel alone to Utah. Um, absolutely I, so i'm I doing that it. that makes sense and um and friday night i'm gonna be setting up a projector in the living room too i call it the cube because i have this angled you know sectional i have a tv in front of it i'm gonna put a projector screen on the other side of it and i'm just gonna be in the cube all weekend hanging out i'm very excited you should with come your, hang out in the cube with your dumb bitch juice with my dumb bitch juice <laughs> <sighs> always a surprise evan let's take a tw- quick trip Around the oh, that's a good. That, they would be a good sponsor. They're not a sponsor. Quick trip, quick QT. Trip. Hey, quick trip. Hey, I did. Uh, I did some contract work for you back in the day. Shout out. Come hey, on. Hey, come on. Hey, come hit, on. Hit me up for a sponsorship on Between Two Bears. I'm gonna go to Quick Trip right after this. See, All see right. how cool that could be. Look at that. All right, around the Big Twelve this upcoming weekend. I'm not making picks. I just. I will. A couple games that we gotta gotta give a quick peek to. Texas, Bama. Matt, I think they're going to get Oregon. I think that this is going to be the kind of game. I don't even want to talk like X's and O's. I think this is the game that like Nick Saban is like salivating over. Yep. They are making him go on the road. They're making him go on the road for college game day against an unranked team. I think, I think he is going. It's going to be a bloodletting. I think. I don't think he's going to let up. I think they're going to win by about fifty-five points. I think Saban, after seeing how dominant Georgia can be, still. Mm-hmm. I think he sees that, and he he wants to emphasize that this Alabama team can hang with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I think it's a show of force. Also, there's the Sarkeesian uh, piece of this, right? Yeah, he's Saban, on a losing streak know. to to former assistants, so he's got to well, get it back. Yeah, exactly. So interested to see the reaction on the social medias Ugh. during and after that game. Um, I hate to self-promote, but I don't know if you saw this, but the other podcast that's kind enough to let me join, Slander You, yeah. we we have a Twitter Spaces already scheduled for halftime of that game. And the Texas fans that are- the machine. It's happening. And it's it's ready. It's wait. queued up. Uh, it's going to be nasty. I, I, like, I really do think this might be like a, you know how we talk about like Oklahoma and Texas A&M's like 77 to 0 game? Yeah. Every now and then. it comes up more than once a year. I think this think has a real chance like to be. I think, I think it has like it's it's a perfect storm of everything that would need to happen for something like that right. to happen. 
It's at home. And I hope it does. It's in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. It could get nasty. I hope it does. I don't have any Texas talk left in me. Too, already too much. Kansas, West mm. Virginia. This will be an interesting I'm, game. I'm going to have that on a TV the whole time. Yeah. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch that. That is going to be the big screen game for me at that point in time. Well, I think Kansas can come out and beat a West Virginia team that just had their hearts ripped out. In, in, yeah, you know the biggest rivalry game in eleven years for them. Yeah, right. I I think Kansas has the talent to go do it. Well, and like unfortunately, I think we're gonna learn by the end of the season that Kansas is good enough that losing to them isn't isn't gonna get you meme to hell anymore. I think they're just a like a a solid if below Baylor average Kansas, football I'm team still that can memeing the hell out of everybody. Well, I don't care. It's sure, still Kansas. Sure. Until they um, prove they're not, they. Still I are. do think. I, I do think that it's not a crazy thing to say that they have a real chance to beat West Virginia yeah, um, convincingly. And I hope they do. Yeah. West Virginia I, I, sucks. I, I am financially invested in that outcome, so I will, I will say that. A&M. Look at that. Tell us your bet. Be honest. Um, I, I have Kansas uh, to cover and to win. Like, I, I have a little sprinkle on the money. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Incredible. Um, A&M, A&M App State. And it might be good, Matt. They might be like good with the capital G. That's that was your takeaway from their game. Yeah, I I do think that it was there were some quarterback jitters. I do think that defense is for real. Capital yeah, F, capital good. R. I think Evan Stewart is a top ten receiver in the country. Um, you don't think I some think weird if, shit could happen in App State? Does more I hope it shit. does. I yeah. I hope so. I don't have any money on the game. If I did, though, I would probably bet on AM to to cover. Yeah, I'm not. I think I'm that not, they're good, and I hate to I'm tell you that. I'm not involving myself financially in this game at all. Mm. Should be interesting. It'll be it'll be an interesting game again. Uh, maybe yeah. um, maybe the game of the weekend from a Big Twelve standpoint is Houston Texas Tech. What was your takeaway from that UTEP Houston game? Uh, takeaway is that either UTEP is really good, which they might be, or Houston's not good. That was that was the triple overtime game, right? Yeah, I think it's both. I, I think Houston underperformed, and UTEP played about as well as they are capable of. And um, yeah, I think and I'm torn I think because even though even though Texas Tech is a Power Five school, I think Houston mm-hmm. comes out and wins. I don't know how by how much, but I think Houston takes care of business there. When I feel like Dana Holgerson is like the, uh, he's like the Waluigi to Nick Saban's Luigi. Like he's really, really, really weird. He like probably isn't allowed in a few different strip clubs across the country, but like he can coach some football. And I do think he's the kind of guy that would have like a, a vendetta having left, having left the big 12 and now on his way back in. I think he's gonna, I think this one's going to be a little more personal to him than it is for the average football coach in a non-conference game. The vision of the pilot from Independence Day crashing his own fighter plane into the alien spaceship, <laughs> saying, I'm back, boys, uh, with Dana there. I might have to Photoshop mm. that one in. Oklahoma yep. State plays Arizona State. Don't really care about that one, but we'll see how bad that Oklahoma State defense actually is. Is, is Herm Edwards still the coach there? I know you told me to yes. stop asking you specific things. Yes, he is, he, he's in bed very tightly with AD, so he's there until further notice. Do you think there's any chance Oklahoma State poops their pants there? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think there's always a chance. There's always a chance. Hell, they ba- they barely beat Boise State last season by one point. Yeah. So I'm yeah I I think there's okay. always a interesting, chance. interesting always a chance. Uh, Arizona Evan? State. <laughs> I was gonna tell you something so uninteresting about Arizona State. Let's just end instead. 
Okay, I'll take that. Evan, <laughs> you got anything else for me? Uh, nope. Um, update on the Mets. The Braves have caught us down in the division. We're tied going into the last month of baseball. It's unfortunate that the second best team in our division is the fourth best team in all of Major League Baseball. We did win the first half of a doubleheader today. We're playing again tonight. So there's a good chance by the end of the night we're up to a game and a half lead in the in the division. So be on the lookout. My tattoo. It's all about the Mets. I'm going to go rub some cream. <laughs> Sick and bears. Rub some cream on it.